0: The views and opinions expressed by contributors on the Spoon River Gothic podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the position of the host. Material heard on the Spoon River Gothic podcast is intended for adult listeners. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide.
1: People who pin all of life and hope on the creation of art write a fine edge. Those who see beauty almost too intensely can easily look mad to those functioning in the confines of so-called normal life. David Means The facts of a story may lead us to a more profound grace. The story itself provides a form we can hold on to, whereas the abstract elements of life may slip out of our grasp. This redemption from the suffering of wonder, mystery, and the struggle to understand, a life's calling for some. For others, the attempt is nothing more than an assault against placidity, willful neglect, or even a God-fearing attempt to shatter a self-forged, copable reality, one which may stir the deepest, darkest instincts within to lash out and defend. Full disclosure, the Donald Bull case was never expected to be a matter easily unearthed from the confines of communal disregard. The idea of pulling this case out of that dustbin that had been hidden for nearly three decades had never presented itself as an easy task, let alone a risk-free one. But the defensive anger which rapidly rose at lashing out with an instinctual speed akin to a rattlesnake to deploy venom into the flesh, with the intent to hold on to this project as it quickly wraps its body and tightly coils around the mere idea of letting Donnie's name unearth from his grave. Each time this venture exhales a breath, an episode, a chapter, the snake tightens in an effort to prevent Spoon River Gothic from inhaling more air, as without an air supply, this narrative would rapidly lose consciousness and die. As forbidding as this metaphor is, it is honest. Discouragement, harassment, and deadly threats have attempted to stop this project in its tracks, as a monster has been awoken. Of course, much of this rejection was expected due to pain and loss, tragedy. But what was less anticipated was that castigating that is derived from fear alone. Raw anger. Fear of the boogeyman being released from under those six feet of concrete Donnie lies beneath. A fear that exceeds superstition, one that is born of paranoia, regret, even shame. As equally instantaneous lawmen and lawyers alike, investigators and state's attorneys, slam down their phones, hanging up on a ghost. A long-buried soul risen from its grave, be it buried retentions, anxieties, secrets, or misdeeds. Those haunting memoirs returning from the distant past to rasp upon the door. A community so eager to shush, so willing to bear teeth, reach for the willow branch, the belt buckle end. Threats of vagueness, threats more direct, to invade, to conquer, to erase. be it through lawsuit, arson, beatings, to killing one's pet, to murder. Anyone can understand the fear of evil, but what of the dead? What of the victims? After all, the dead are never truly dead until we have chosen to forget them. So what of this eagerness to forget Donna and Justine? What of this murder of their remembrance? What is this fear of mother and child but their memories? And why on earth would one fear that remembrance? Why should their souls not live on immemorial? What else may accompany their rebirth? After thirty years what shall remain but dust? It is said that the three most common motives for murder are sex, greed, and revenge. But what is the motive to forget? Sex? Greed? Revenge? What misdeeds may have accompanied these three to their graves? Donnie, Donna, and Justine? And what remains wait to be discovered, but truth, but dust? Is truth the root of this fear? And if so, why dust it off? And what occurs when one attempts to uncover truth and shatter illusion but dismissal, rejection, dissuasion, threats, even violence? And in this case, what is the truth seeker to do but tremble? That depends on resolve, after all. And there is no doubt at this point that Donna's and indeed Justine's souls cry out to be heard. Possibly even Donnie's. But why? Is that a question one is free to ask without fear of backlash, persecution? Fear of having one's home invaded, burnt down, pets killed, or oneself even murdered? No one wants to end up in the ground at the hands of evil, but is not the unexamined life not worth living? As Socrates states, that life in the absence of reflection is deprived of the meaning and purpose of existence, that to become fully human means to use your highly developed faculty of thought to raise our existence above that of mere beasts? What is evil but a beast? Of course no one wants to be evil nor a beast, and evil is but ignorance. And people have different reasons for choosing to ignore, not to examine existence, and refrain from thoughtful self-expression. One may fear others will criticize their likes, beliefs, fears, or abilities, or not want to disappoint. They may not know how to express themselves, or feel they don't really know who they are. And where is this tendency most prevalent but in small communities, where public scrutiny is a part of everyday life? But we as humans must ask in order to learn, become wiser. And we answer questions to provide such necessary information. Asking and answering is not only a part of how we learn, but a social skill. We ask and answer questions to be polite, and build and maintain relationships, and grow. However, seeking and speaking truth and uncovering lies can lead to a loss of friendship, status, or credibility, especially in an environment of deceit where telling the truth according to George Orwell is a revolutionary act, and what those keepers of deceit have in their arsenal is the fact and understanding that we, as humans, are innately afraid of the unknown and unfamiliar. We choose to be comfortable with what is already known and what fortifies us in our subtle beliefs. And to be confronted with the discovery of truths and the expressions involved, such as art, we become fearful because we often do not understand. Many grow up with little exposure to the arts, especially those in rural communities, except for that love and respect for tradition. At the end of the day, most have not chosen painting, sculpture, dance, drama, or literature as a way to grow. Let alone podcasting, as most have and will choose to be comfortable with what they already know and what fortifies them in their settled beliefs. But as we allow ourselves to read or listen to a great piece of literature, for instance, we find ourselves before a truth about our time and ourselves. Perceiving art takes time, but it is time well spent growing more fully in our whole beings. Literature calls on us to simply be there, enjoy the cadence the music of words, and let it come in, in that the language will sit with us and whisper deeply,
0: this is the way it is.
1: Still, we are afraid of the unfamiliar, we are scared because we may discover something new that could disrupt our comfort. Something which may require us to change. And this is the problem. Sometimes a change that might be good for us isn't necessarily considered by others to be suitable for their own lives. Change is a way of bringing out the worst in people. A solid emotion such as jealousy, resentment, fear, or even anger can surface. Taking not only us by surprise, but perhaps even the person experiencing them. People fear change because it means that outcomes are unknown. Our brains are designed to find peace in knowing. When we don't know what will happen, we create scenarios that manifest worry. Humans find it hard to move on when something known comes to an end. But in the case of this project, what exactly is it that may come to an end? Illusion? But the illusion of what? That false sense of security that accompanies the small town life where this vicious crime occurred, no doubt, but what else? Mere concepts of innocent and guilt? And what of self-identity, or projected identity, and communal trickery? A deeper contemplation of good and bad, a sudden jolt of the reality of the grey area we all dwell within? And what of new evidence? Evidence that may point toward misdeeds such as theft, fraud, corruption, even conspiracy? It's possible, but only time will tell. Had additional crimes occurred while investigating the crime? Prosecuting the crime? And what other offenses might have been uncovered that may have been swept under the rug? What is it? What exactly may be unburied with this story? Where does the fear derive? Are we allowed to ask this question without our own fear of vengeance? For one, we have not, me and my team. We know not what the future ensures, only what it suggests. But one is certain those spirits cry out to be heard, and we will not cease our work until their story has been told to completion. Stories help us understand others, be it Donna or Donnie. Not only do Donna and Justine's stories deserve to be told, but research into the minds of violent criminals helps us better understand what causes criminal and violent behavior and how to recognize and treat that behavior. Ignorance may be bliss, though the Bible boldly states, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me, and since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. I would imagine in layman's terms, God is suggesting that if you choose not to understand the world around you, don't come begging to me when it doesn't go your way. Still, let's hope me and my team and our contributors can make our way through this important story and lesson without ignorance getting in the way. Violence is not a lesson any of us should have to learn, let alone survive, nor perish. And may the facts of this story lead us to a more profound grace, as the story itself provides us a form we can hold on to and examine without slipping out of our grasp this redemption from the suffering of wonder, of mystery, and the struggle to understanding life and the possible step toward preventing another tragic end. Though hope is to see the light despite darkness, I quote, it is far harder to kill a phantom than a reality. Virginia Woolf I'm Corey Zimmerman, and this is Spoon of Her gothic.
0: River Gothic is a production of Lonebird Media in association with CZ Studio and Radio Verite the show is produced by August Olson editing directing and producing by Corey Zimmerman audio mastering and engineering by E. Mastered research is done by Anne-Marie Cannon Chelsea Mesa and me Jinra Illustrissimo. Spoon River Gothic is written and hosted by Corey Zimmerman You can follow the show at czstudio.works and read the blog at spoonrivergothic.com. Show some love by leaving us a rating or a review on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for the next episode as we dive deeper into the Donald Bull case. Thank you for listening. This is Spoon River Gothic, narrative of a double homicide.